is Thursday, December 2nd, 2010, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. Pope speaks of economic slavery at Middle East Synod. In his opening address at the Special Synod on the Middle East on October 10, 2010, Pope Benedict XVI spoke of the false gods that rule over the world today, including some very powerful words about the world's economic system that clearly echoes Our Lady's call to read Matthew chapter 6 about serving God or money. He stated, quote, We think of the great powers of today's history. We think of the anonymous capitals that enslave man, that are no longer something belonging to man, but are an anonymous power that men serve, and by which men are tormented and even slaughtered. They are a destructive power that threatens the world. Our Lady said on November 1981, the devil tries to impose his power on you. Pope Benedict goes on to say that these powers must be brought low. Quote, these ideologies that are so dominant that they impose themselves by force are divinities. And in the suffering of the saints, in the suffering of believers, of the mother church of which we are part, these divinities must fall. What is written in the letters to the Colossians and Ephesians must come true. The dominations and powers fall and become subjects of the one Lord, Jesus Christ. Our Lady calls us to overcome the temptation to hold on to the system that, although so familiar to us, is not of God, and so to fully experience this victory of Jesus the Pope refers to. She said on July 12, 1984, I will pray to my son Jesus to give you the grace to experience the victory of Jesus in the temptations of Satan. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Eight million people abandon credit cards. Millions of Americans are cutting up their credit cards or getting cut off by their credit card companies, resulting in a drastic drop in credit card use. In the past year, more than 8 million consumers have stopped using credit cards, according to TransUnion, a Chicago-based credit researcher. That means 78 million U.S. consumers do not have credit cards, compared to 70 million last year. Jerry Detweiler of Credit.com said it is unprecedented for consumers to abandon their credit cards. Quote, 
I've been covering this since 1987, and I don't recall numbers like that ever going down, she said. They've always gone up. In other signs that consumers are casting off credit, TransUnion said the average U.S. credit card debt fell more than 11% over the past year to $4,964 in the third quarter. In that same time, delinquencies declined by nearly 25%. Our Lady says she can help and protect us if we have a desire and act to renounce and abandon all that is not of God, everything that is sinful. October 25, 1993 I love you and wish to protect you from every evil, but you do not desire it. Dear children, I cannot help you if you do not live God's commandments, if you do not live the Mass, if you do not abandon sin. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Home prices falling faster in metro areas as residents turn to rural life. Home prices are falling faster in the nation's largest cities, and a record number of foreclosures are expected to push prices down further through 2011. The Standard & Poor's Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index, released Tuesday, fell 0.7% in September from August. 18 of the 20 cities recorded monthly price declines. Analysts say high unemployment, tight lending standards, and millions of foreclosures will weigh on home prices. What the worldly analysts don't perceive, however, is the effect on these figures that is due to the shift that Our Lady has birthed through the spiritual. People are waking up and realizing they have no futures in the city, and more and more people are fleeing to the country life. The Gospel reading at all Catholic Masses on this past Thanksgiving Day was from Luke chapter 21. Quote, Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Let those within the city escape from it, and let those in the countryside not enter the city. Among the cities in the Case-Shiller Index, Cleveland recorded the largest decline. Prices there dropped 3% from a month earlier. Prices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, which had been showing strength this year, also dropped in September from August. The 20-city index remains nearly 28.6% below its July 2006 peak. Our Lady encourages us towards the rural life, towards nature. She said on April 25, 1993, Dear children, Today I invite you all to awaken your hearts to love. Go into nature, and look how nature is awakening, and it will be a help for you to open your hearts to the love of God the Creator. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. We invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, the five days of the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God, a prayerful gathering to implore the mercy of God 
upon our families and nation. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field, consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today, Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Lunetti, she was here to help us and that she would intercede for you to God for all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With the events of Our Lady's apparitions in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited, designated, and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and today, the second of the month, is a day we receive a message from Our Lady, uh, a day Our Lady designated as a day of prayer for non-believers. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask in the quiet of your hearts that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Can you really believe it, that we walk with Our Lady, the same Virgin, the woman who was here 2,000 years ago. And we can spend Christmas in a way that she speaks to us. It's surreal. It's unreal. It's hard to believe, yet you can believe. Once I went to Maria's door in the beginning days of my relationship with her, and I said, ask her a couple of questions. She really didn't know me, and I didn't really know her personally that much. I said, boy, this is hard to believe, Maria. She, she, she says, you better believe. Of course, I was saying it as a figure of speech. I meant, I believe it, but it's hard to believe. I don't doubt it. And yet we have people going to Medjugorje. We have people hearing about it. We have people rejecting it. We have people accepting it mediocrely. All of which, even the most fervent, following and closely watching your spiritual life to be in line with the messages, will have regrets the 12 apostles after Jesus resurrected and then went to his ascension, certainly missed those days when the nearness of God was where they could just ask any kind of question. Even science. We don't know what all was said. But you can imagine around the fires at night with Jesus Christ, these apostles had all kind of thoughts and things that probably wasn't destined to be in scriptures that was revealed to them. Yet he answered, 
You can find a lot of that in the poem Man God, which is about the life of Christ. Fascinating volumes. Our Lady said you must read these books. But my point is, is we're in something that unless we slow down, back up, and think about it and be thoughtful, who are we to be alive in the moment of the time of the Virgin Mary and she walks the earth? And she gave her message today. And to spend this season, this yet again, another Christmas with her, and the joy of what happens during the season, the promise, our Savior, makes it all the more worth it. How many people, if you're young, and your grandchildren will say, what was it like during that time? What were you doing? Because the magnitude of what's taking place today of each message, every time we hear from Our Lady, it spreads throughout the whole world. It's going to be so much more the greater than what we know now. We can't phantom no more than the apostles after Christ left how big things got and how big the early church was as far as its importance. Even though it's small, just like the Medjugorje movement today, it's really still small. But what will it be like 50 years down the road? Our Lady's not with us every day anymore. What were you doing? Where were you? What were you thinking about? So, Joan, we ask you to go ahead and read Our Lady's words today and contemplate these thoughts. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's December 2nd, 2010 message to Mariana, given on the day for nonbelievers. Dear children, today I am praying here with you that you may gather the strength to open your hearts and thus to become aware of the mighty love of the suffering God. Through this, his love, goodness, and meekness, I am also with you. I invite you for this special time of preparation to be a time of prayer, penance, and conversion. My children, you need God. You cannot go forward without my Son. When you comprehend and accept this, what was promised to you will be realized. Through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven will be born in your hearts. I am leading you to this. Thank you. What do you think Our Lady means by the term suffering God? Well, there's been several people that brought that up today about God's in heaven. Heaven is heaven. Why is God suffering? Well, he calls us his children. Our Lady says little children. We know we're children of God. And people went to hell today. Do you think it's not a wound to Jesus for eternity that his friend Judas is in hell? Now, we can't say for a fact anyone's in hell as far as destined, but we know people go to hell. We know in Medjugorje, Visca said that the most people go to the purgatory, the second most to hell, and the least go to heaven directly. We have the hope and knowing and knowledge that, and the infallible truth that from purgatory they do get, enter into heaven, so we know more people will be in heaven than hell. But it's the truth that hell's in existence. And so Jesus, our God, God our Father, suffers. And the insults... Can you imagine crafting something of, of a very laborious and very skillful gift for somebody and you, 
you takes all the money you've got, takes all the strength you've got, takes all the time you've got when you're not working on other things. You put your whole heart into this. And you spend years making that. And then you give it to the one that you love and you want him to have that. And you can't wait to see the expression and accepting this gift and just throw it down in the dirt. They reject it. Maybe it's a beautiful jewel case or something with, with diamonds and gold inlaid in it. And they say, not only do I not care, even though it has value, I don't care for it because it comes from you. And we're doing this with Jesus, this salvation. People are throwing it away. I don't know the details, but I know the Smithsonian, I just got told, was doing a new ring of artwork where Jesus is on the cross being eaten by ants. And this is art. And where are the Christians? Where is the salt so potent that they wouldn't dare offend us? You can't offend Muhammad like that. He's just, he's a prophet. You can't afford people, you can't uh, offend people's lifestyle because they want to be a bottomable lifestyles. You can't do that. You go to jail in England for that. Maybe it'll be that way here soon, in the United States. And yet we're so weak by our life and the way we live, we shouldn't even have to voice a rejection of this. So we've gone flat as salt. We're not potent to preserve society. And it's rotten. So the whole plan of related is to bring us to potency. So Jesus does suffer. God is suffering. Our Lady has been seen by Mariana and Maria in tears. Mariana, I think it was, said, that if you just saw one tear of Our Lady, you'd never want to sin again. One tear. Pope John Paul said, uh, that we need to share, if we could just shed one tear of repentance, that's all we need to reconcile the world. Our Lady has said, monthly confession would be a cure for the West. Look at all these simple solutions. So we're being given everything. We're being shown every, every way out. Sun Tzu was a Chinese warrior we've talked about before, and he wrote The Art of War. What, 3,000 years ago he wrote this? It's studied at West Point. Many soldiers carry this as a handbook. And it's a pretty credible statement as far as how to fight wars. And they're using this today. But one of his methods that he, he taught was that when you're attacking your enemy, you always, and you surround them, you always leave them a way out so they can escape. Because if you completely encircle them completely, they'll fight to the death. So you, you, you lose less casualties yourself if you leave an opening. Make them go where you want them to go. And so it is with God in this way. We're, we're, we're resisting things and God's given us so many options. From multi-confession to the four basic messages, the Penance, the penance and conversion, or prayer and penance that leads to conversion. There's so many aspects of the messages that it is our way out. Are we taking it? Our Lady is the door. The saints are the door. We're not doing that. And I can't believe the options in front of us 
and not being taken. And so that's why the mercy of God, his meekness in allowing so much taking place that we've grown to think there's no consequences to our actions because we don't see any right now. But God's slow with this. He gives mercy, he gives mercy, he gives his meekness. You can run all over him. You can put him on a cross in artwork and have ants eat him. You can do what, I don't even want to repeat, what they were doing in 1979 before a lady came with the crucifix. And he just lets it go. But there comes a point when no more. There comes a point of judgment. And we mistake meekness for weakness. Our lady said once, you can't even imagine how powerful God is. November 25th, 2010, a fresh message. I look at you and I see in your heart death with that hope, restlessness, and hunger. There is no prayer or trust in God. That is why the Most High permits me to bring you hope and joy. She is our joy. She is our hope. But many are mistaken what this is about. It's an option. Well, the church teaches that I don't have to believe in apparitions, even if it's approved. It's just worthy of belief. Do you think this is something that's just another thing that the church is going to say, this is worthy of belief? This has come to transform the whole world. Everybody in the world, you better pay attention. You better quit going to sleep on it. You better quit rejecting that I don't have to do this. I don't have to fast. I don't have to do penance. I don't have to go to monthly confession. I don't have to repeat. Nothing's going to happen. Look at the culture. Look what's taking place. You're right. You don't have to. Because our lady's inviting you to. But if you don't, you'll be what our lady said August 25th, 1997. You will lament. When she says the word lament, you better think of lamentations, wailing, crying out to God. Will it be too late then? Is this a doomed day's message? Is this too doom and gloom? No, our lady said this. Restlessness, hunger, without hope. But she adds to the beauty of this, the solution. I spoke to Maria about this. Open yourselves, open your heart to God's mercy, and he will give you everything you need and will fill your heart with peace. Because he is peace and your hope. It's not any other prophet. It's Jesus Christ. And we're in the season of Jesus Christ. And you should be asking for Emmanuel, the one who paid the ransom with his life, that we reject. And if we don't reject it, we're silent. And if we're not silent with voice, we don't like that. Our lives aren't potent enough for these people not to stick this in our face and say, we're going to do it. There's nothing you can do. So Jesus paid the price. And we ask Emmanuel in this season to come back and infuse in us strength, a real power to convict. And if you pray, if you fast, if you do penance, you have peace, you'll convict. You'll change lives. That's what you're called to do as her apostle as her witness. So ask for Jesus to come. Cry out to him to come to you. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. 
light of that Our Lady was speaking today about the kingdom of heaven being born in our hearts and assuming that those who've been following Our Lady for years and years that we've hopefully experienced some of that, if not totally, but what 
characterizes a life in which the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has been born within it. What does that life look like in according to what you've learned through, through Our Lady's message? Well, when you have peace, you know, you have God because God is peace. Our Lady's made that very clear. And you can't have the kingdom of heaven if you don't have peace. And you can't have peace if you don't have the kingdom of heaven. So those things recognize, people recognize it in you. Uh, I can be out somewhere and it's, it's incredible that um, people start a conversation about, oh, they open the door for me to talk to them. I don't even have to sit there. Sometimes if I'm flying or going to speak somewhere and I'm, I just, you know, sometimes want my own time and be reading or something and then somebody strikes up a conversation, next thing you know, we're, we're talking about the Queen of Peace. And and I see it's Mary. She put me there. Uh, bizarre stories, incredible links this way. And so for peace to reside in your heart, and peace means that the kingdom of God is being built in your life. And this is available for everybody that wants that. Our Lady said August 2nd, 2010, I call you together with me to begin to build the kingdom of heaven in your hearts. It's a profound thing to have that. Everybody seeks that. Everybody wants that. I remember a couple of visits ago, uh, my daughter and I were sitting on the couch and with Maria. She was a couple of years ago. She walked through the living room. She just stood there for a minute. And she said, this house has peace. And here's a visionary who sees peace. And she's in homes all over the place. But I didn't think much about that until later. It struck, struck me what she said. Uh, she acknowledged that, recognized that, and liked that. And of course, she sees peace, peace itself. So it, peace doesn't come, and the kingdom of God doesn't come without work. Sweat, changing your life, structuring your life to incorporate prayer into your life. Hold it as a, as a duty. A lady once said about the rosary, it's, a, it's an obligation. We tend to want to go to the invitation. But if you consecrate yourself to her, you're under obligation to fulfill what she asks and requests of you. And if you do that, the kingdom of God comes. Visca in Paris was asked about war because Bosnia and things were breaking down as a war. And she said, this war starts in the heart. And it manifests itself into that. And so it is with the kingdom of God. If you want to have that, it's got to be in the heart. doesn't matter what's around you. It doesn't matter if the kingdom of the devil's around you in your family. You've got to possess the kingdom of God. You've got to be obedient to the structures that are around you and which you need to be obedient to, whatever that may be, family, your workplace, your parents, children to the teacher, whatever that might be. And every generation has got to learn this. It was written, uh, I was just got the reading for the show. It says, children today are tyrants. They contradict their parents, gobble their food, and terrorize their teachers. Every generation has to learn truth. Every generation suffers of the lack of truth. We've got to regenerate each generation. And the more we don't do that, the more we do Go to what was just quoted there. Children today are tyrants. They contradict their parents, gobble the food, 
and terrorize the teachers. Socrates, 470 B.C. (laughs) Can you believe that? They had the same problems we've got. But he didn't have in his day, centuries ago, centuries before Jesus came, he didn't have the capability of what the devil's got now because Our Lady says Satan wants to show his shameful face. There wasn't the means to destroy the world. There wasn't the means to have the sin and what we've got and the preoccupation and the idols. I used to be amazed reading the book, the Bible, about all the idols that the Israelites had when they fell and they'd go away from God. They'd start worshiping the idols in the towers where they, they, were, they were towers. And um, all that happened with the, the priest and how they fell in and how Maccabees, Judas Maccabees came out and purified Israel, first purified the Israelites of the idols. But you know, today, <clears throat> we've got many more than they have. We don't recognize them that. We don't see uh, the calves or the animals that they worship, but we, we have electronics. It's, it's really a God. It preoccupies the time. We've spoken about this so much to we're blue in the face. But just look how people fondle the cell phones, hold it to the heart, hold it to their, their head, it's idolism. It's just too much. And that's only one tiny aspect. Our cars, our, our homes, our way of life is idolism. Maria once said, what is a car? It's just a, just a piece of iron. And it's true. Maybe if it's a, you're too touched to that, you'd get a hammer and go just bang, a, bang in the defender and have a dent in it. Just to turn against it, I'm using this thing as a tool not as in my God. You've seen people go berserk if you barely open the door and pump one in and bump a, bump a car in the parking lot. You know, my God, you just hurt my God. Look what you just did. There was no scratch. I know, but you could have scratched it. Actually, I remember now telling this years ago, one of my children would open the car door and the, the person next to it had the car started just chewing them out. Because they might were going to bump the car. I said, she's, she's not doing that. I can't remember if it was my son or my daughter. But they, there was this big fussing thing that they were doing with this poor kid because they might hit the car. So what is your God? Is your husband your God? Your wife your God? Your children your God? A lot of gods for mothers are the children. They put them above the husband. His wants, his direction. My children, my children. What is God to you? What is God supposed to be? And you're weak. You're small. You're weak because you're not following God's will. So it's important for us to understand to be the desire of God's means that we are on a path of being great. Our Lady said, my children, when this was um, November 2nd, uh, again, the last monthly message of Mariana's, my children, you do not desire to accept that you're weak and little, but you can be strong and great in doing God's will. This is the desire of God for you, to be great, to be kings and queens. We're to be following God and have our place out there for us. He's laid it out. It's just a prayer. 
It's just some penance. It's just some fasting. We can do anything if we believe that. It's written in creation. Like he said, go out in creation for these things. You're called to be great in God, not great in yourself. You're called to be strong by doing God's will, not strong in the world and his power. That's why God picked David. The world thought he was the weakest, but he was great in God, and he was great in God's will because he followed the will of God. He desired it. He, he was after God's heart. Just a prayer Or anything you've ever dreamed of So when you feel like giving up Cause you don't fit in down here Fear is crashing in Close your eyes and take my hand, yeah
They were tired. It was cold. Such a long journey. The treasure carried would replace the old. Its value had been such that to touch the chest which carried the old brought the penalty of death. What importance would the new vessel have, carrying treasure vastly greater in value than the old? What was the vessel's treasure? A treasure that man, both good and bad, would seek after its wealth for ages? Ending the journey, the vessel and treasure were brought to a special place. There, the vessel opened. The treasure, Jesus, was born. Isaiah says, Come reason with me, saith the Lord. Since Adam, 80 billion people have lived and died. Out of billions, only one was entrusted with the greatest treasure ever. Only one held him to her breast. On winter nights, what thoughts must have gone through this breath of heaven, who cuddled he who was born of man, and yet God? Reason and think. Go deeper into the scriptures. Has any man ever known the love which existed between his mother and child? What wonders it reveals, what hope it gives for all the world, for God needed a mother for his son. The scriptures are alive, they speak more than the words we read. This Christmas, meditate, think, reason. The resting place exists to help you along this path. The gift shop that's much more, the resting place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. One question, something that you have brought up many, many times, is that you have uh, spoken about how these second of the month messages are for all the children of Our Lady. And um, what, what would you say to those who um, don't believe the second of the month messages are for the people out, or so much that they do believe that they're for the non-believers out there, and not so much the children of Our Lady? Well, Our Lady did a reverse this month. The 25th message was very uncharacteristic of, of Our Lady, but really characteristic of the second of the month for non-believers. And when she said, I see in your heart's death without hope, restlessness, and hunger, Maria told me, never has Our Lady said this to me. I said, how did you feel when she said it? Shocked, she said. I said, really? She said, this shocked me. And she repeated, never has Our Lady said this to me. In a second conversation with her about this message on the 25th, just a few days ago, I asked her again. When Our Lady said, I looked at you and I see you in the, see in your heart death without hope, restlessness, and hunger, there's no prayer or trust in God. That is why the Most High permits me to bring you hope and joy. She said she was shocked again. 
And again, she said it twice. And again, she said, never has a lady said this to me. So here's a visionary who sees Our Lady every day. And we have heard similar messages, not this strong, said Dave Mariana. But normally the characteristic of that tone is in the second of the month. And yet today, the second of the month reverses with the 25th. Today's message is more like the 25th message. So it wasn't doom and gloom message with Maria because the lady did say, she said, our lady said something negative, but she gave a positive in the end. that We can open ourselves to God's mercy. So that would be, that was, she offered a solution with Maria's, wor- Maria's words to this restlessness and this hopelessness. The solution was she is the hope. God's mercy is why she's coming and fill our hearts with this peace. He will give everything we need, she said to Maria. But today, we have something more along the lines of a 25th message to Mariana. And perhaps Our Lady may have done this to show this the same woman speaking, because we can get think, well, she's got a total different personality with Maria, or rather Mariana, as she does with Maria. And there is certain characteristics of the worldly message to the whole world, and Mariana's message is for non-believers. But I was amazed back in the 90s, around 1993, when Sister Lucy spoke of Our Lady. And when I read what she said about Our Lady, it was incredible because the same descriptive way that I hear Maria speak and so much in my intimate conversations with her over the years, Sister Lucy was saying about the Virgin Mary, decades apart. And it was very, very clear to me, the same personality. You know, that was Our Lady of Fatima, this is Our Lady of Medjugorje. But what Sister Lucy said, and I don't recall the exact words, it struck me like a lightning bolt. That, whoa, how she's speaking, her tone, her, her descriptive thing is exactly the same way Maria sees. They saw the same person. Now, we know that intellectually, but to hear that in a realization of the, the emotion of what Maria says it and Lucy in the same way is incredible. And so this almost switching of the message, Mariana gets Maria's message, Maria gets Arlay's message, has an intent to show this is the same person. And it's a really amazing thing. And I looked at this today and thought that. That was one of the first thoughts that came to me. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful that she, she senses that this is, this is me. I'm speaking both times. But also, it's not for everybody else out there. It applies to me. Because I have non-belief in me. There's still things I lady wants purged out of me, out of you, out of the world, who's been following our lady since the beginning days. And those things are pagan attitudes or lack of belief in God which makes us have aspects of non-belief in us. So don't let anybody ever tell you that this is not something that applies to us as non-believers. We have pagan Christianity in us, all of us. That's why we're sick, and that's why she's coming. Well, along that same line, okay, okay, Our Lady says today to us, my children, you need God. You cannot go forward without my son. Now, that would, to me, seem like ABC catechism, to her children. She's saying that to us. On the day of non-believers. So my question is, in looking at the, the bigger picture out there, of in, especially in our country where you are having this movement of people that are trying to make a difference, turn the tide around in all areas, aspects of our lives, in the political realm and the, the health realm or whatever it may be. But we're following this way. And, you know, even if they're not following Our Lady per se, there's a lot of Christians out there that are truly trying to live something uh, more purely in their faith. But are we still doing it with our own strength? Are we taking too much on ourselves? And, And this is kind of a tricky thing because 
We're required to work to establish God's kingdom on earth. We're not just to pray. We're to work. But how do we avoid the trap of doing so by our own strength versus realizing how much we need God and how much we can't go forward without Jesus? Well, if you think you're going to use your position, your power, your your influence, your uh, seat on the committee at the local church to implement things uh, and these earthly things like that, then you, you're 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 doing things by your own strength. The requirement of Our Lady is surrender. A second requirement, she says, be real with yourself. Do a real searching, soul searching. Are you doing this through ego? Are you doing it for ego? Are you doing it by, well, I have this power. I remember somebody in the beginning days of the Medjugorje movement who was very wealthy and said, he's going to do this and do this, and I just sort of turned off by it. I was green at that time, but I realized, uh uh-uh, this is not the way. God doesn't need your power. He created the universe. Get real with yourself. And it's not what you have or you do or your capabilities or your talent or your skills that God needs. He needs your heart. It's just that simple. And he needs your heart to be filled with building the kingdom of God. Is the kingdom of God built? Are you building the king, your kingdom? Are you building God's kingdom? You, to build God's kingdom, you can't be selfish with yourself. You've got to realize that you don't own yourself. You owe it to others and to spend your life not on what you want to do, but in the service of others. That's how you become great. That's how you become strong in God. So, so many people have walked through this life and they've lost their life. They lost the ability to build the kingdom. They can start now. It's not hopeless. But where's Christmas for you to this year? What has Christmas meant in the past? Many have lost Christmas. They remember the joys of it when things were simple. I remember hearing about a guy who says, you know, I can't remember what, he was a disc jockey on a radio station probably 20 years ago. And he said, I can't remember, I got so many gifts last Christmas, I can't remember anything of what I got. But I remember as a boy, when I was five or six, I got one gift. And I was so grateful for that. And we were so overjoyed by that. I'll never forget it. But I can't remember any one gift from last year. But that gift I got when I was five or six years old was an orange. That was it. I remember being with a Vietnamese family. I was speaking in New Mexico. And they said, all we get for Christmas, all we got as Christians, hiding Christians in Vietnam, was a Coke. And we started talking about it. I realized that all nine kids and, and the mother and father got one Coke. They split one Coke. So where is Christmas? Have you lost Christmas? Have you lost the reason for it? And many have gone through this life, and they seek this Christmas. They seek Jesus, and we don't have it anymore. So where is your Christmas? Where is Christmas for you? It's not in your kingdom. It's in God's kingdom. And that comes from not being selfish, but giving of self.
Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Where is the laughter you used to bring me? Why can't I hear music play? My world is I'm rearranging Does that mean Christmas changes too? We have many requests for our music that we play on Radio Wave and the various shows we do throughout the year. We're probably going to put them all together toward the end of the year, right after Christmas, for you to listen to in a special show. So be on the lookout for that. I'd like to turn a little bit in a different direction right now in that we have 50 countries or so that we go to where people listen to us on Radio Wave and uh, even more countries than that that go to the site. But uh, the number four country uh, is a little bit of a surprise for us. It's Iran. And I'd like to address the Christians in Iran tonight. I'd like to address the Muslims in Iran. 
that there's something special that you're in a position for, a gift in this season that you might not expect, but something that could change your life and experience a peace and a joy that you've never experienced before. There's available to you a life that even if you're oppressed, persecuted, or suffer in anguish, can offer you something that you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to go to somebody else for it. No one else even needs to know of it. You can sit there and get the highest treasure on earth in your heart. Mohammed wrote of the virgin birth. He believed in it. Mohammed believed that the Virgin Mary was the most greatest woman who ever lived. Mohammed wrote about Jesus Christ. So we're in a season of Christmas that's about his birth. That's the reason of this. And so no matter who you are or what you believe, there's something available to you. And Jesus is the reason for this time. And there's something he wants to give to you. What's required of that? Pray. Open your heart. Give yourself in a special way and a surrender. And watch what happens. You'll find the reason for this season and a great joy will overtake you. As little children, we would dream of Christmas morn and all the gifts and toys we knew we'd find. But we never realized a baby born one blessed night And we were the reason 
Especially the Muslims in Iran. The Holy Virgin Mary, written about in the Quran, said today a message for you. My children, you need God. You cannot go forward without my son. Tonight, go out in the cold night, look at the stars. Call out to Mary. Ask her to be your mother. Open your heart to her. Cry out to her son. Desire him to enter into your heart. Desire him to fill it. He is the reason. He's the reason to live. He will be your reason to live. This Christmas can be an experience for you. You never thought possible. Liberation, freedom, joy. Good night. We love you. We wish you Our Lady.